Well, awesome. We're excited to uh, jump in a little more here into this series, People of the Second Chance. But today, uh, I want to jump into Matthew 18. Very interesting story. I think today is our hardest subject so far that we've covered in People of a Second Chance. And, uh, uh, but let's read this passage because it kind of sets the pace for us. Matthew 18, verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Now, if you think you need to start counting back and thinking, wow, how many times have I forgave that person? Uh, if you really translate this out, in their language, this actually meant 70 times 7 or infinite amount of times. You should never stop forgiving. Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle. This is Jesus. Now he's painting a picture, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a, a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, which is millions of dollars, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, so didn't just take pity on him and said, okay, we'll take it slow. No, listen. He took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Verse 28, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is actually just a few dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart." That last phrase will mess with some of you. You're going, wait, that's like my heavenly Father would do that to me? Think about that for a second because that's pretty crazy. It's pretty ridiculous. Here's what we're looking at. This guy should have forgiven just as he was forgiven. And everybody heard the story. Everybody heard this story Millions were just totally, he canceled the debt. Dude, yeah, he canceled the debt. 
You saw this? Like, really? He just let him go? He canceled it and let him go? He owed millions. Everybody knows he owed millions. Really? He owed millions and he canceled? Yeah, he just totally, like, canceled. So everybody was excited about that. But then he's a jerk when he gets out, right? He's let go and he's just like, awesome. So that means all the money I'm owed is mine, right? And he's like, now I'm entitled to get mine and just keep it. And so he just goes after it and it's ugly. The story is not pretty at all. And so it's inspiring as we've been unpacking this reality of being people of the second chance over the last few weeks. It's inspiring to think, okay, I need to not be a hater. I need to not be a vulture in society. I need to not judge. It's, it's, it's kind of motivating to receive a second chance from God and realize, wow, God loves us so much that He literally like uh, forgives us and receives us so we can receive our second chance. It's crazy last week as we, we looked into... Um, the reality of, of being able to rest in our second chance, right? But honestly, it's like really hard to rest in our second chance. But what a difficult thing it is for us to actually give the same second chance to someone who's hurt us or harmed us or somebody who owes us or they've even opposed us an enemy, if you will. They've violated our trust. They've hurt our life. It's impossible without Jesus. Those of you who were uh, with us a couple weeks ago saw a video of a man from a tribe in, in Africa and the woman who was put at the test to forgive him. Watch this real quick with me. Only Jesus could give someone strength for that kind of forgiveness. Unreal. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive men what they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a tough challenge. We'll look at that more in a second. And one of your responses today, if you, if you feel fit at the end of the day, like when you're getting to the end of this talk and you're going, man, what's my next step? Maybe I need to memorize that. Just let that sink into my life because I need to forgive someone and I know it, but it's hard to let go. Okay, let's back it up from that intense forgiveness there in that video. It's kind of interesting how all of us love a great deal. I love a great deal. I love when I find out I get something free. Free is a great deal, right? And, and I don't know if you've had the opportunity to be a part of one of those pay-it-forward drive-through like Starbucks moments. Has anybody had the chance to do that? You get up and somebody's actually paid for you because you're the one behind, and now it's your choice as to whether you're just going to receive it and go or pay it forward. It's one thing to get it, but then another to it, like, oh man, now I'm expected to pay it forward. And who's going to be the dude who's not going to pay it forward, right? Everybody's waiting. How many is this going to go? And I've heard it on the radio, and I've heard this. I've never experienced this, 
maybe one of the reasons is I have a conviction that I don't use drive throughs I love to meet people, so I always go in. It's just weird. Even when I have the kids, it's kind of, sometimes that's insane, but I do it. And uh, but I, I, so I, I love uh, the stories, though. And, and the other day, Dana's brother was talking about this because he, he drinks a lot of coffee. He's an electrician, so he's always on the go. So he would he, he drinks way too much. And so he'll get in these moments, but he says it's classic because every time the dude's drink behind him is like the most expensive drink he's ever had to pay for in his life. And he's just like, but I don't want to be the one to stop the movement. Right? We find ourselves, though, in a spiritual realm here in Scripture being told that we're forgiven but we have the power to stop that movement if we choose not to forgive the way we've been forgiven. And in fact, then it, it retracts and we have to then pay for our own coffee at that moment instead of getting it free. It's like, that's an intense reality. Your price has been paid by Jesus taking your sins upon Himself on a cross. And, and it's ours to pay it forward. We've been given a second chance. We're supposed to, supposed to pay it forward at all costs. And do you want to be the one to stop the chain of forgiveness? That's kind of the scenario we're looking at here in this, this talk. And it's not easy to consider for some of us in the room. What's possible if you forgive someone for the impossible? Jesus paid the price for them too, but you hold the key to releasing their second chance. That's an intense responsibility. We are put to the challenge with our humanity and areas of forgiveness all the time. And if you're a parent of four kids in the Huff House, oh, I'm sorry, am I being too direct there with that one? No, if you're a parent, you're put to this test like every 10 minutes that you have to forgive over and over again. And when I think of kids and forgiveness, there's no favorite commercial than this one. I think this one's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, such a sweet little girl helping out with the dishes and cleaning. Isn't that sweet, right? You're like, oh man, glad it wasn't a Mac. Right? Anyway, no, that's just free. Uh, they, uh, I just, I look at that and I'm just going, oh my goodness, that is just intensely painful. And I remember seeing that the first time, just going, ouch, can you imagine? Unbelievable. We are put to the test of forgiving all the time. You don't have to have kids to be put to the test. In fact, we're entering into a season where you're going to be put to the test. And ever, like, as soon as Halloween's here, traffic just goes crazy. Everybody's out trying to get that deal. They're all like fighting for a place in line, and they're beating each other up for the sale the day after Thanksgiving so they could be the first one. You see it on the news, you know, man shot going into Walmart. Really? For Anyway, uh, you're just like, you know, just all these deals that people get so stressed, somebody tries to take that parking spot. You've been sitting there with your blinker on and hazards on and like waving flags to get that parking spot, and somebody whips in right in front of you. Sorry, that's usually me. I have a Prius. I can sneak in tight spaces. And uh, so I just, you know, someone cuts, cuts you off on, on, on the road, and sorry, again, that's, yeah, that's probably me. I, I see that sign that says, you know, construction. One mile ahead, right lane closed. And I'm like, well, cool. It's a mile ahead. 
And everybody gets to the left. Like all the, per, there's certain personalities that are like, right lane's going to be closed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over nice and soon so I have plenty of time. I'm like, the right lane goes on forever. I, can, I can't even see the cone yet, right? I haven't even hit the cone. So I just go until I nudge the cone and get over and people are honking and open their doors and, you know, I don't know. I just figured they wanted to say hi. The more people I pass, the more people I get to wave to. Is that, is that, it's just on the right, so they get upset when you do that. But uh, the other day, uh, I was pulling into the garage of our house, and, and I don't know what they were thinking when they built our house. They weren't thinking American car sizes when they built our garage. And, and so, now I just mentioned I drive a Prius, but it's still like an incredibly tight fit on the right side of our garage because from our house there's steps that come down like where a car should go, right near the wall. And so I always have to be careful, and I've done what any very smart, intelligent man would do. I didn't even need Pinterest to figure this out. I hung the tennis ball from the roof, right, to stop the car so that I don't hit anything I'm not supposed to hit. And so the little yellow ball's there. So I usually... Again, if I'm going to go fast on the right-hand side of you and then whip into traffic, you're probably assuming I might drive that way into my driveway as well, right? Which I do. I, I try to see how fast can I get into my driveway and stop in time. So the yellow ball's there. It's all good. So I was going into my driveway the other, the other night this week, and uh, the yellow ball didn't stop me before I hit the steps. It was kind of a bad thing on the right front side of my Prius actually is what it was bad for. But I, I, hit, I hit the steps. I just fully connected with them. And I was like, what the world? And then I realized somebody had taken the yellow ball and probably like played tetherball with it in the garage or, you know, jumped up and batted it. So it like twisted around a pedal on a bike that sits right above my car. I can't believe I trust those hooks. But anyway, you know, so I, I it was, the ball was about 10 inches farther than it should have been, and, and my car paid the price. Now, I could have got out of my car and gone in and just, okay, who did it, right? I wanted to do that, like, instantly, and I just had to sit there and go, this is totally my fault. I should have noticed it, right? And then you kind of walk through and decide, man, am I going to blame or, or correct? Am I going to even mention this? I ended up not even mentioning it. I was mad at myself. And I, I just like, but how, how many times do we just, we're in a bad moment or life has angered us, and we just go off on everybody when really we just need to take a hard look in the mirror and think, who should I forgive? Like, what's the blockade of grace in my life? Why am I not being merciful? And so I get this message written. I've got it all prepped and ready to go, right? And then last night, uh, we have company, and, you know, we have Activate at the house this afternoon, so we're trying to keep it clean, and the company trashes the house. And, uh, and so we're cleaning up, and, and, the, and at one point in time, there was a princess tea party in the backyard, so we just, they weren't cleaning up, and then we were like, just bring it all in, you know, and so they brought it in and set it on the kitchen floor in the blanket, and, and we're cleaning up and getting ready. It's bedtime. Everybody's emotional. Or, or all the children are in me because uh, it's bedtime. And all of a sudden, I grab the blanket and realize there's water everywhere. The tea was still in the party, right? And it had ran all over the wood floor. I'm just going, you kidding me? And I watched my little six-year-old girl realize that she had done it, hang her head, run upstairs with tears in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, 
I guess I'm preaching about this tomorrow. I better go upstairs, right? So I go upstairs. I find her because she's just really quiet, and, and I can't find her anyway. Anywhere, I'm like looking around going, where did she go? And all of a sudden, I hear <laughs> underneath her bed. Oh, I just feel awful, right? As a dad, I'm just like, I crushed my little princess's heart. And she's just so, she's got me hook, line, and sinker anyway, all the time pretty much. And so I'm just like, am I going to just be great? It's her fault. She totally did this, right? But I was just like, honey, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Have you ever tried saying that out loud and seen what happens in the life of the other person? That little princess of mine, six years old, stands up, hugs me with tears. I didn't mean to do it. I love you, Daddy. And you're just like, you can have anything you want to, honey. Right, to my girl. That's okay. I'll clean it up. I'll get the sham wow and just make it disappear because that's what they do at the fair. And so you're just trying to like make her feel better because you don't want to see her cry. Do we do that in life? Have we tried that with those who we really need to forgive? Stuff is one thing, like a wet floor is one thing, right, and hurting somebody's feelings. But what about wounds in relationships? Family falling out. That's a tough one, right? Divorce. Unfaithfulness. Lawsuits. Custody battles. Painful. Inheritance squabbles. Those are awful. I remember that from my childhood, just going, oh, I saw how it split up our families. Oh, this is not good. How about at work trials, promotion overlooked, a boss that's just hardcore, no appreciation. All they do is demand. Do we get angry at them or do we forgive them? Then you have the really tough rape, abortion. I mean, the list goes on. Death in that video. I can't imagine. It's one thing for me to, to drop a call, because I still have T-Mobile for like a week, and say, I hate T-Mobile, right? But it's another when inside we think of a person. And we're like, I hate whomever. How long has it been since you've thought or verbalized, I hate that person? There's space still for forgiveness in your life. Ephesians 4.27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. Interesting, because this passage is walking through the need to be free from bitterness and anger towards those who have wronged you to the extent of where you're literally letting the devil take hold of your emotions. It's like, do not let the sun go down on your anger because you will give the devil a foothold. But that's how important it is. Luke 6 says it this way in verse 27, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. It goes on to this huge discourse, and in verse 36 it concludes, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Speaking of God, Father in heaven.
So today we tackle the reality that God clearly instructs us of the demise of, of unforgiveness and bitterness if we do not give those around us a second chance who have truly hurt us. They may not deserve a second chance in your eyes. They may not be worthy of it. Giving a second chance is less about them deserving it and being worthy and more about your willingness to give it. This, this person, Anne Lamott, put it this way, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. I mean, how silly is that? I'm going to kill that rat. No. You're killing yourself. Unforgiveness is killing you. It's not affecting the rat. They're good. They're still running around, eating whatever they desire. So what are you doing? Are you angry? Is your bitterness welling up? I would suggest to you that for for some of you, the most dangerous spiritual practice in your life is unforgiveness. And I think we look at our lives and we go, oh man, my temptations just got a hold of me again this week. I, you know, I'm, my addiction is just, I just gave in to it again and I, I know I drank way too much and I'm just, I shouldn't have done that and I know what it led to. No, I, I clicked on that website. I should not have clicked on that website. I have so many secrets if my wife ever found out or if my husband ever found out. I would wager to say that unforgiveness and bitterness is a lot more deadly than a lot of those because it's killing you. You're holding on to someone else's second chance instead of giving it away, and it's poisoning you. Soon it affects your relationships, your trust, your marriage, your, your parenting, your work is affected. You begin to, to anger quickly with others, and with, with, when you're driving, you're like raging on others. You know, it's just any outlet you can take your anger. You'll tweet about whether Russell Wilson's good just because he fumbles on the three-yard line. Just kidding. That was free for Jaden back there. But anyway, they, uh, you know, just like... Who wouldn't fumble when you have like some 500-pound thug like batting a ball out of your hand? The three-yard line. Come on, offensive line. I'm angry. Who do I need to forgive? I'm just kidding. Uh, we still won. Whew. If only the Huskies. Okay, never mind. Now I'm bitter again. Uh, the, we just begin to look here. And, and what are we not forgiving in our life that's allowing our emotions to go from zero to 60 in an instant because we're filled with anger? We begin to burn all bridges. You can keep it from getting to that point. And if you've got to that point, it can be reversed. Receiving a second chance from God sets us free. But giving a second chance keeps us free. And I want to talk about how you can stay free today by going back to Matthew 18 and, and really grabbing a hold of the four things that are pointed out in that passage and, and, and unpacking those really quick. Number one, the master canceled the debt. He canceled the debt. Release yourself from the expectation that the other person 
will say they're sorry or change what they've done. Cancel the debt. Forgive them first. Accept the apology without it ever having been given. For this matter, don't loan them the expectancy any longer that they need to prove that they deserve it. Just forgive. Cancel it out. Don't walk back into the same debt you had before, right? That's what the master teaches us. Cancel it. Easier said than done, right? Number two, he canceled the debt and let him go. So number two, let them go. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? Wrong. If you've got somebody in your life that's hurt you, and especially if they hurt you over and over again, you want to hang out with them? so they can keep hurting you, may not be a right choice in this instance. Let them live their life, and you take hold of life without them in your rearview mirror. The windshield's a lot bigger than the rearview mirror, but why do we just stay in that mirror repeating the offense over and over and over in our minds? It's like trying to drive the car while staring in the mirror. It's not very easy unless you're on that new Camry commercial when they go backwards. That's intense, right? Stop looking back and look out the huge window called your future. The purpose for the rearview mirror is to go backwards or be filled with wonder because how far God has brought you. Number three, have mercy. Have mercy. This means give the benefit of the doubt over and over and over, 77 times 7, infinity. Forgive. How many times? This all started with a question, how many times should I forgive? Just keep forgiving, Peter. That's what Jesus was saying by drawing this whole picture, this illustration. I don't know. It made sense to me to to think I just need to become the rug, right? I just need to humble myself instead of wanting to be like, almighty important in the room or whatever and deserve everything. I'll just become the rug. Mercy is like just laying myself down, just being humble and allowing myself to let go of all entitlement, be walked over, but yet I can still fulfill my purpose if I'm the rug, right? We're given the chance to have the same mercy for even our greatest enemies in Scripture, Man, if I'm going to give mercy, if I'm going to pray for those who curse me and, and, and bless those who do harm to me, as, as these passages show us to do, and that's what Jesus did, then I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to help me just lay down all my entitlements, become a rug in the scenario, and just not think of myself any better than that. It's beyond us to live this way. We have to put our trust in God in order to do it. And that's where having faith in Jesus allows us to get to that place where finally we're like, I would have never been able to forgive this person, but wow, God has helped me get there. Number four and final thought, forgive from the heart. And these are all right there in that passage, in Matthew 18, in this story that Jesus unpacks for us. Forgive from the heart. It's one thing to know we're supposed to forgive, to know. 
in our mind that we're supposed to forgive, to go through the actions of forgiveness, canceling the debt, letting go, giving mercy, just laying down our entitlements. It's all good. But when it reaches the end of this passage, Jesus tosses in even this tougher challenge that we don't just need to say we forgive here to here. We need to forgive in our heart. From the depth of every emotion we have, we need to let it go. That is very challenging, Jesus. That's very challenging. Until it reaches your heart, you're still in fault and at risk of losing the freedom you were given, your second chance, robbing yourself of your own potential and true forgiveness. Have you ever peeked in on a television preacher? Maybe you've yet to make a decision to follow Jesus and you've been flipping through the stations or, or you've heard other Christians like talking in a coffee shop or something. You, you, you probably heard a quote from Galatians 5.14 in the Bible. and it, The whole passage says this, the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. You've heard that in one way, shape, or form, probably everybody knows that Christians are supposed to love their neighbor, and they kind of throw, you know, Christians get that thrown back at them when we don't love well, and, uh, but love your neighbor. And we're so quick to agree with that. Like everybody agrees we should love our neighbor. Well, not everybody. I did have one person when I was actually preaching from that message, one time attending Open Life when we were back at the Regal Theater, who came up to me afterwards and said, I got to stop coming to Open Life. I was like, Why? My neighbor's a jerk. <laughs> I can't love him. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. He really did stop coming to open life. But anyway, so, uh, but the reality is most of us agree it would be a good practice to love your neighbor. But most of the time when we hear this passage, love your neighbor as yourself, we kind of close out the neighbor part. And we love, we say, love yourself. Have you ever realized we're living in a world of selfies, right? You know what I'm talking about? There's cameras on the front of things now, right? <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, oh, selfie. It was, it was funny because yesterday we were there with James and Brittany at the hospital, and his sister's like, oh, oh, baby picture, you know, taking selfies. I was like, selfie. She's like, oh, you know the word, as if I was too old to not know the word, selfie. But anyway, uh, love yourself. We hear in this passage, love yourself, and, and now we're living in a world where 30% of all photos taken are of people taking pictures of themselves. Is that crazy? Research shows that uh, even 51% in the UK, 51% of people say they've taken a selfie. And we look at this, and we look at the Bible, and we go, God loves me. And we kind of stop there. And we come to church so that we can kind of get a selfie from God. God still loves me. But the whole point is love your neighbor as yourself, your neighbor. It's, it's, it's about you, but it's about all of you. Galatians 5.15, the next verse says, 
if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The whole point was not love yourself. It was knock off the anger and the bitterness and the biting and the devouring. Jesus is challenging us the same today. If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, you will not be forgiven. Again, remember Luke 6, 36 said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. These are the challenges we have to practice. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you act like nothing happened. Forgiveness means that you acknowledge it. You cancel it. You let it go. How would you like to walk out that door today with a clean slate, allowing Jesus just to take it and release it, the forgiveness factor, that person, whomever it is? It's possible, but it's only possible through Jesus. In your own strength, you'll always hold on to that hurt. It'll always stay here, the knowledge of needing to forgive. But can you forgive here? You know the toughest person to forgive? Yourself, I heard a bunch of people whisper. I think one of the toughest people to forgive is God. We feel in some way, shape, or form, He took something from us at a certain time. And we hold on to that unforgiveness of the one who forgives us. That's a cycle we're stuck in, and we're going to be stuck in this relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's someone we need to forgive and show mercy to. Maybe we need to show mercy to God. We don't like that diagnosis. We don't like that loved one that we lost. That was the wrong time. How could my marriage fail? How could they do this to me? You did this to me. I don't know where you're at today or what your story is necessarily in all this. Our second chance can be frozen in time if we don't pay it forward, if we don't give it away. So today I want to challenge you. I don't know what your next step is. is Maybe show mercy to God, to someone. Forgive. Allow the dots to get connected to get to here from here. Forgive in your heart. Maybe you need to just read or memorize Matthew 6, 14 and 15 over and over and over. Read that, read that, read that until you believe it and it overflows in action. But I want you to contemplate as you look at your connection card in the back of it and say, which is me? Which is me? Or maybe it's something different. Write it on your prayer request. We want to agree with you in prayer this week. But I want, as this video rolls in closing today, I want you to to just do some introspection for a second and say, who do I need to give a second chance to and how do I walk out that door with a clean slate? Watch this video.